Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. So this morning, we're, we're going to be studying uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 4 through 8, and we're going to study 16 descriptions of love, 16 action descriptions of agape love. And so we're going to see what love looks like. And, and I do encourage you within this list, this list that uh, we are going to be uncovering and examining very closely, that, that you and I would, would hold up um, these characteristics of love, this description of love, that we will hold it up like a mirror and, and that we, we would evaluate ourselves and each and every single one. And then we'll ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit of God that, that he would reveal to us and what areas that, that we need to grow in. Because we know that the Lord wants us to, to have love in action for, for true love is always demonstrated by action. And so what my family needs, they, they, they need a loving person. And what people need in this community and people that we work with and people that we interact with, what, what they need is love, unconditional love. And last week, if you were here, we had a, a thorough study on the definition of love, what God's love is all about. Now, this week, we're going to be looking at 16 attributes or 16 characteristics or the description of, of what uh, what love is. And, and we see those 16 um, uh, uh, aspects of love from verses 4 through 8. So let's look at verses 4 through 8 at this time. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And finally, verse 8, the the beginning of verse 8, love never fails. So the first um, attribute of love or or what love is described to be, we see in verse 4, the first one is that love suffers long. Love suffers long. So when you suffer long, you are willfully exercising patience with people, especially those that can get on your nerves. And, and we know that um, we can um, interact with people um, that can get on, on our nerve. And, and so when that happens, um, the Lord, through the power of his Holy Spirit living inside of you, because the Lord would never ask you to do something that he hasn't empowered you to do so. It's not cruelty on the Lord's part to say, hey, my son, hey, my daughter, I want you to be patient with, with this person um, and, and not give you the empowerment to do so. And oftentimes the, the, the Lord puts people in, in our life to cause us to grow because we, we want to grow and become a godly person, right? And I know that's your prayer. We pray, oh God, I want to be a godly man. Oh God, I want to be a godly woman. We, we pray that. Well, part of being a godly person is to be a patient person. And sometimes being a patient person or, or suffering long and being, being patient with them is sometimes you have to deal with people that are, that are not patient. 
and then they interact with you and they, they, they rub you. Not in a good way either. They rub you in a, in a godly, godly way. I have discovered this, that, that we don't choose how we're going to grow in godly way. Oftentimes we think, I need to hear this great Bible study by J. Vernon McGee or, or uh, by this pastor or that pastor. And, or I, I want to grow by my time in, with the Lord and my devotion. Or I want to grow, Lord, just by, by, by prayer. But God says, no, sometimes what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a Saul to you. And I'm going to send a Saul to you and I'm going to put you in the cave of Nengedi like, like David did. And, and, and you're going to have a, an opportunity to grow in patience. And you have an opportunity to, to defend yourself, but I don't want you to defend yourself. I want you to be patient. And oftentimes what I have learned, and actually honestly where I have grown so much is with, with people that uh, it's hard to be patient with. And so, so we have an opportunity to, to, to put it in action for, for that's love. We want to be a loving person. A loving person. What does love look like? Love looks like being, uh, having patience. And, and to suffer long is seen also when, when you have a long day um, at, of work and you have a long day of work and then you, you create your project and you put it on the table or, or you're doing a project on the outside and then someone disturbs it. Someone messes with it. And at that time, we can have an opportunity where we want to snap. We want to get our chakla and throw it at them. You know, we, we want to react. We want to respond. But, but God wants us to, to have patience. And there is a video I want, want to show you first off. And, and it speaks about how a person could have snapped. And as, after a, a long day's worth and, and um, his project got, got uh, disturbed. So let's watch this first video. That's the first one I want to show you. And, and so we get it. You know, that, that's just to, um, to represent how when we are, are laying cement and, um, or something of that nature and we're doing something and someone just uh, disturbs um, our, our work. Um, and some of you moms know this too, you know, where, where you're in the kitchen, you just clean the whole kitchen and, and then you wake up and there's cookie crumbs on the ground. <laughs> and and so it's 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 just being patient and not reacting. Of course, you want to teach them responsibility. Of course, you you, you want to teach uh, people to to mature and to grow. But but to have patience and and not to re- react. And so we're called to suffer long. We're, we're called to to have. Um, Patience and why we are called to, to suffer long and why we are called to have patience. Why? Because the Lord has had patience with us. He's been patient with us and he suffers long with us. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance. And we know it, it, it's, it's, it's the Lord that has been so patient with us. And as the Lord has been so patient with us, may we be patient with other people. 
And so as God's love is inside of us and as God is inside of us, and so we can actually show patience to other people and we can show long suffering to them. Um, even if they bother us, we still can, can overlook it and still love them in the Lord. And that's what people need. People need it to, to um, we need to have patience with people. And that's what love looks like. Love looks like and when we're involved in relationships and what, when you truly love them and we know when they say, oh, I love you. What that looks like is that they're going to be patient with you. And when you know that someone really loves you, you'll know that by their action because they're being patient with you. Secondly, we know, according to verse 4, that love is kind. This is so important. Love is kind. And, and this speaks of showing acts of kindness towards others, showing acts of kindness towards others. It's being intentional, intentional um, with thoughtfulness, intentional thoughtfulness towards another another person where you think in your mind is that I'm going to be thoughtful. Um, I'm going I'm going to adore. And as I go to the door, I'm, I'm fully aware there's people behind me. And I choose to open the door for, for other people. I'm going Going up and there's an elevator and we're, we're approaching it at the same time and I choose to take a side uh, a side step and, and let them go before me and, and showing kinds of, 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 of acts of kindness is just so important and we do so knowing that the Lord has first shown kindness over to us he has shown kindness over to us and he continues to show us kindness as he shows us kindness it's so important that we show kindness to other people in the book of Titus chapter 3 verse 4 Titus chapter 3 verse 4 says but after that the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards men have appeared not by works of righteousness that we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the spirit and, and so the lord has been kind to us and never forget it was the kindness that drew us towards repentance um also the lord doesn't have like a big baseball bat in heaven doesn't like hit you and, and intimidate you to to um to bow your knee to him he doesn't do that what he does is he loves upon you he loves upon you, and, and it's an unconditional love. It's kindness, and and you think you my the Lord doesn't um, doesn't have to be kind to me because because when I was in my sin, I was unkind to other people, certainly unkind to the Lord with my tongue and with my action. But the Lord says, you know, I'm just going to love you to pieces, and I'm not going to transform you, and I'm going to put my love inside of you. And as I put my love inside of you, then you're going to have the ability to show kindness to 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 others. Well, back when, when I was in, in the youth ministry, I was a youth pastor, and um, in, in my office, I had this on a piece of paper that, that, that I saw, found actually, um, um, on the internet, and, and it said, uh, 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 100 random ways to show kindness to, to youth. 100 random ways to show kindness to youth. And, and I made it a point. I made it a point that um, I was going to um, practice each point. And so when I interacted with the teen, I thought, okay, I'm going to practice this one, and I'm going to practice this one. It was intentional. And um, and I share that with you just to show, to inform you where I, I was looking for, for practical pointers myself and to put up intentionally um, on in my office and to look at and then to say, I choose. I choose because love's a choice. Love is a choice to be kind, and and so I choose to be to be kind. And um, there's also, um, if you're interested to to learn like practical um, ideas to be to be kind to even adults, um, and you you can look that up. And you're like, I don't need to look that up, but some, sometimes you may too. Just to just to kind of generate um, and stimulate some ideas within inside of you that will, will cause you to be um, thoughtful to show kindness. And and um, so a, a few others. 
leaders that I have actually looked up to is is um, people can show kindness by by baking for somebody or cooking for somebody or or, or buying somebody a, a cup of coffee and you, you know there's there's um, uh, people um, behind you um, and then you know you you get yourself a cup and you're like you know I'm gonna take care of that person but then you know and you may be thinking oh but you know what I, I like to I don't I don't like the coffee at, at the donut shops and I don't mind buying some a cup of coffee at a donut shop because that's like a dollar or something but man if, if I'm in Starbucks you know <laughs> you know people you know yeah, I have to drop six bucks for that person. <laughs> They're going to order a vente and a special one, and and like, what am I getting myself into? But whatever, whatever it is, to show kindness. You know, if you're in a drive-through, and if you're able to do that, if God has provided for you, and um, you're able to to take care of the meal for for someone behind you, um, um, or if you're um, in, a, in a grocery line, and here's another one, it's just let them go go ahead of you. Especially if you see that they have small children or they have the grandchildren, and and some of us we we have the youngest. We know that they can be a little impatient, and and so we just say, hey, you know, go ahead and, and go 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 in front of me and, and um, pay for my groceries too. Um, so it's just if we're able. We'll just do um, show kindness, um, give people a compliment. Um, um, here's one too, and when when you are with the checker, and, and, uh, and majority of times uh, the, the checkers and people in the store they, they have their name on their on the name tag, right? We refer to them by their name. Refer them by name and just say, you know what, um, it's nice to meet you, so and so, and and so um, and I I just um, I, I want to keep you in prayer. And just put that, or are you seeing someone ahead of you is is, is uh, not nice and and not not showing kindness to them that that you would just um, clean up that and, and show kindness to them and so so God wants us to to be kind to other people and God wants us to to show love to other people so we we're called to be patient with people we're called to be kind to people that the third um, action of love what looks what love love looks like um, love um, does not envy. Love does not envy. We see that in verse 3. Love does not envy. Um, envy envy is, is one of the least productive and the most dan- damaging of all sins. For it, it accomplishes nothing except to hurt and to destroy. Except to hurt and to dis- destroy. It, it desires to have something that another person has. And even to get to the point that you want that person to be removed by having it at any cost, at any cost. And and, and so it, it, it's, it's a form of jealousy. It's a form of envy. Like, I just don't like that, that you, you, you got whatever it may be. And it could even be a position or be promoted or, or be voted into a position. And, and you think, you know what? Um, I, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm envious. And, and that we got to take it to the Lord. We've got to give that over to the Lord and say, Lord, help me w- with this in my heart. I didn't really realize it's there until this person got voted in this or the person got promoted into that. And Lord, I give it to you. And it's important to give it up to the Lord because the heart of envy is what put Jesus on the cross. The heart of envy is what put Jesus on the cross. Matthew chapter 27, verse 17 speaks about that. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom will you that I release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Love keeps its distance from being envious. And so what we do is not give into it. And if we're sensing that and that's, that emotion is there, that, that those thoughts are there, choose to bless them. Go up to them and honor them, congratulate them, and and um, and trust God's will for your life, and trust the sovereignty of the Lord for your life, 
And the Lord never, you never know why you didn't get promoted, why you weren't voted into this, this um, position. And God knows, and you trust him. Uh, and we firmly believe in it, even as Samuel gave testimony on it, um, the sovereignty of God. And, and he will put you in places where you need to be. And, and also, too, you need to trust that he will avoid places that you don't need to be at either. And so God is in full control. And so may we rest there um, in God's will and in God's sovereignty. Now, number four, we see also in verse four that love does not parade itself. Love does not parade itself. Now, what does that mean? Love does not parade itself. Well, this is a kind of love that does not seek attention nor brags about themselves. It doesn't say, look at me, myself, and I. It doesn't do that because we don't brag about self. We brag about the Savior. We brag about the Savior, our King Jesus. King Jesus is the one that, that we speak highly about because he is Lord over all. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23, Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let him who glories glories in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, and in these things I delight, says the Lord, says the Lord. And so we don't glory, we don't pray to pray to ourselves, we don't walk around and, 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 um, and, um, and, and brag about ourselves because we know the truth. We know the truth, how we used to be once upon a time. We know how hard we were, how impatient we were with people, how unkind we were with others, with their tongue, with their behavior. But we know by the grace of God, he saved a wrench like us. And it's amazing grace how he transformed us. And we have a picture of us when we were maybe 16 years old, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, or even a few years ago. And then now we put that photo next to that photo, that, that other photo in the BC days. That's before Christ days, by the way. And so we, we, we compare and contrast and we see a different person. We see a transformed person by the grace of God, by the love of God. And so we see someone in action now and they're kind and they're, they're patient with other people. We can't take credit for that. We can't pat ourselves on the head and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm glad you recognize it. That's what I'm talking about, baby. No, we can't come off that way because we know it was the Lord that transformed a wrench that was like us, but he changed us. And so when we get to heaven and we're crowned um, for, for, for the works that the Lord empowered us to do, for the, the doors that the Lord opened, and, and we get rewarded for that. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And we know as soon as you close your eyes to this world and, and, and eventually when we all go to heaven, a few things are going to happen. We're going to be entering into the marriage feast of the Lamb. We're going to be dining with Jesus. And, and I, I do hope we have carne asada um, and tortillas and Kool-Aid. That will be great. And so we're going to be eating together with the family and, and salsa too. And we're going to be all together. And then as we're all together, then we're going to move into what is called the Bema Seat of Christ. The Bema Seat of Christ refers to all the words and that the Lord has prepared in advance that we should be accomplished according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And then we'll be rewarded for, for the, the, the works, if you will. We're like, wait, I don't get it. Lord, you're the one that empowered us to, to do these works. You're the one that opened these doors for us. And then we get crowned, and, and that crown goes right back at the feet of Jesus because he's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God who was able to open up the seals. Worthy is the Lamb of God that we're able to get to heaven. I'm getting, I'm getting to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And, through his sacrifice. And so we fully know that. So while we're conducting ourselves or interacting upon this earth and, and, and interacting with um, 
people that um, um, are higher up or, or lower up, if you will. Also, we treat everybody the same, and we don't think ourselves better. And so the way we, we treat a president of a corporation, we treat the same um, person if there's homeless too. And, and we love, and we care, and we don't parade ourselves. And so and so that's that's what love is. Now, number, four, number five, we see this in verse four, where it says love is not puffed up. This is important. This is important because our society that we live in is attracted to arrogance. It, it's it's attracted to 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 be self focused and 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 that's not love. To be puffed up is to be arrogant and to have a self focus. It speaks of someone that has a big head and they walk around and think of themselves to be very very important. And that's not love. For love focuses on the needs of others. Love focuses on the needs of others when it's even not convenient for you. That's what love looks like. Now, there's another video I, I want to share with you on, on how even the, you focus on the needs of others, even when it's not convenient to do so. So let's watch the second video. Isn't that great? Uh, I must have watched that 10 times before I sent it over to Ruben to, to show it to you, our congregation today. That's what love. Lo- lo- love is uh, focusing on the needs of others when it's even not convenient for you or your friends or your teammates are around you. You don't care what they think because that person in front of you is more important. The fact of the matter is that you probably will never ever see them ever again. <laughs> So focus, focus in, focus on your family, focus in on the people that you love and, and um, tell them, you are important to me. You are, you are one that, that I love. And that's what love is. Also in verse um, five, this is number six. Number six is that love does not behave rudely. D- love does not behave rudely. This describes a person who has poor manners and, and is impolite. This is one that has flippant answers and has an argumentative spirit uh, about them. This is one that, that loves, loves and for some odd reason, loves to shame other people with their rude behavior so they could be puffed up and put another person down. And, and so th- this is a person that, that um, behaves rudely and, um, and behaves rudely even when they are frustrated. And so even if we, we are feeling um, frustration, and, and we're just sensing, okay, I'm getting really frustrated here. May, may, may the Lord just give us wisdom. 
May the Lord give us wisdom that we don't react and dishonor the Lord and, and then um, and taint the relationship with another person. And then what happens is that our relationship with them gets redefined because of our rude behavior. And that's not love. Number seven, we see this in verse five. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. This is being like Jesus in the most basic way, being an other person centered instead of a self person. And so you don't seek your own. In the book of Philippians, chapter two, verse four says, do not um, each let each one of you not look on his own interests, but also in the, the interests of others. So love is more concerned about the other person's rights and, and their comforts than our own. In relationship, in order to have a healthy relationship, this is the key to to a, a, a healthy relationship. Is you're focusing on the other person, how you can encourage them, how you could support them, and how you can meet their needs. Because if you one, if you're one, they you're entering a relationship, and and you want the other person to fulfill your needs. Guess what? The truth of the matter is that we are never ever fulfilled. We're never satisfied. Only the Lord can satisfy us. Only the Lord can give us true true fulfillment. And so we don't put that pressure. We don't put that demand upon another person. But we come alongside the other person and saying, um, how how can I serve you? Um, how how can I take care of you? And so we're, we're other people focus. And that's so important that that's love. Number eight, we see in verse five is that love is not provoked. Love is not provoked. What does that mean? That speaks about not being touchy, not being provoked, not being touchy, not, not being irritable, not being so quick to be defensive and not being one that's always ready to, to fight for, for, for your rights. In, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 17 says, a quick tempered man does foolish things. No, and that's so true. They, they do foolish things. And, and we're not called to do foolish things. And we're not called to have a short fuse, but a long one. And so if you are, are sensing that, that you, you have an edge about yourself and, and maybe it's just you're tired, you had a long day, and, and I get that. And some of you, you work in frustrating environments. Some of you, you, you work with um, supervisors that are very demanding that, that, that belittle you and, and, and treat you like dirt, really. And, and so then you come home and you're, 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 just, you're, you're just done. And so one of the best things you could do is to worship the Lord on the way home. See, God... And so your, your family members, your bride, your, your husband, th- those that call you daddy, those that love you, that they don't get the short end of the stick. They don't get, they don't, they don't get um, the, the, the frustrations that you're feeling. And, and even if you need to, even if you need to, and, I, and I've done this a few times and, 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 um, and when I have had tough days and I, I told my wife, you know, I'll be coming home at this time. And, and so I'm going to just pull over and I'm going to close my eyes for 15 minutes. And 15 minutes, what do they call that? A power nap? You set your phone, and it does wonders. I'm, like, really liking power naps, by the way. <laughs> I feel like as a, like any kind of emotional gauge where, um, you know, throughout the day, you know, it, it, it leaves from um, being full and then goes on to empty. And, and I just don't want to come home and my family members get the emptiness of it. I want them to get the, the fullness of it. And, and so for what? For a paycheck? For what? For people that really don't love me nor my family, and it's my family members that that, that get the the arrogance and frustration, the, the the problems, and and so no, may we love our family members, and may may God give us wisdom in, in our tough work environments. And I know um, some of you you work in very tough environments. You're like, 
Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> and I'm glad that tomorrow it's Labor Day and get a day of rest from that place. And, and, but may God, may, may God give you wisdom and, and how to navigate towards um, a stressful job. And, um, and I know some people, they, they work in a stressful environment. And that's just true. They just do. But may God give us the wisdom on how to navigate through that and, and not take that home. And, but leave that there and come home being a kind person. You, you know, it's just not only the dog, you know, or some pets, they like, they, they hear the carpool and they, I don't know what's a pet, they do that. They kind of look out the window, you know, they, they kind of jump up and down, you know. Um, but even more so, your, your, your kids and your wife, they, they hear you and they're so glad to see you. And, um, and, and we become short to them. We, 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 we're irritated, we're, we're, um, we're touchy, we're de- so defensive. And, and so may, may they, they get the best of you not the worst of you. It's so important. Now, number nine, we see this in verse five, that love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. We see that in verse five, thinks no evil. This literally means that we do not store up memory of any wrong that has been done to us. And we don't keep a mental list. We don't keep a mental list, but we give that mental list to the Lord. And love puts away the hurts of the past and, and, and um, instead it doesn't cling to it, but, but puts it away. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 speaks about that. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And here is how. You're like, how am I supposed to forgive this person? This person did X, Y, and Z. Well, at the end of verse four, um, chapter 4, verse 32 of Ephesians says, just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. And so we give them to the Lord. That's what we do. We give them to the Lord knowing that God is our refuge, that God is our defense, that, that, that God is the one that is, will cause justice to take place. And when you work in an environment or deal with people where there's injustice and, um, and, you're, and you are um, of the striper and saying, no, justice is going to happen. Yes, it will happen. You, you are right about that. And it may not happen according to your timetable, but it certainly will happen. A description of God is, um, besides God being love, and people love that a part of it, God's love and God's kind and all that's true. God's also just. And so when God is just, God will take care of it. God will take care of them and God will take care of you. So you're not being irresponsible about that other person, but but you certainly have wisdom. There's a great book that, that, I, that, that, that I read called um, from a, 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 a Christian um, writer um, named um, Dr. He- um, Henry Cloud. Um, and he writes about having um, love boundaries, having love boundaries. So if you've been hurt by someone else and if they're very manipulative, if they're very controlling, if they're very full of the flesh and, um, and rightly so, uh, people are still, if, especially if they're not believers, they're governed by their flesh. And there's um, tactics that um, um, in the book of Galatians um, chapter five calls them works of the flesh. And part of the works of the flesh is it's being fleshly, being controlled and being manipulative um, and being hurting and doing selfish things to, to another person. So Dr. Henry Cloud, I just love it. It's a good book. If you want to read a good book about having love boundaries, love boundaries, that you have a boundary of love and you're not going to let someone step into that boundary to hurt you again. 
uh, with their tongue or with their actions, and and so to to learn how to navigate um, with people that are operating in the flesh. And so we're, we're called to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And so and so we 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 think no evil, and and we become responsible too. Because one thing about the Lord that's so important to know and who the Lord is, He's a shepherd, right? And a shepherd carries two things. One is a a, a staff. He brings comfort. The shepherd also carries a rod, and, and he doesn't want his sheep to be hurt, and, um, and, and he cares for, for his people, and he loves you, and he sees the, the hurt, and he sees the pain, and he's fully aware of it, and, and he is for us. Now, number 10, number 10, and verse 6, um, number 10 says, love does not rejoice in iniquity, does not rejoice in iniquity. What does that mean? Well, this is a kind of love that is willing to, to want the best for others, and it does not have joy when we hear that the other person is hurt. And, and we know that they ultimately need the Lord. And, and so we don't rejoice in iniquity. We don't rejoice in other people's sin. We, we don't say like, yeah, they, they got it, dude. They, that's, that's homie, you got what you deserve, dude. So be it, whatever. Orle. You know, and, and so we, we, we don't respond in such a way that, that we, we rejoice. We don't rejoice in sin. Sin, is put, put, sin has put the Lord upon the cross, and he died for people's sin. And, and, and so it is best to pray for that person's salvation. And Luke chapter 23, verse 34, speaks about Jesus upon the cross. And he said, you know what Jesus said upon the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They're blinded by sin. They're blinded by sin, and they're controlled by sin. And they need the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they need. And now number 11. Number 11, we see in verse 6, love rejoices in the truth. This is important. Love rejoices in the truth. Love always stands up for truth, even if you stand alone. Even if you stand alone, you stand up for, for, for truth. And I think the Lord for organizations like the, the Pacific Justice Institute, where um, they're, they're Christian attorneys, and they stand for, for righteous causes for, for truth. Um, uh, the person that, that leads our organization, his name is Brad Dacus. And in fact, um, I, I ran into Brad at, at, um, at K-Wave Radio. I, um, I happened to do some, some, I was asked if I would do some recording for K-Wave Radio. And, um, and as I was entering in, Brad Dacus was entering out. And, uh, and so we just, we just talked for a few minutes. And he said, you know, I would, I would love to come to your church. So we booked him. So he's coming out, Brad Dacus, uh, from Pacific Justice Institute. And I, I, and I thought, when would be a good day to, to um, have him come out? So he's going to come out the, the Sunday before elections um, next year. Um, and so he's going to be speaking about how it's important that when we vote, we vote our conscience according to truth and according to righteousness. Because in his organizations, he stands up for, for people that are being violated um, by companies and, and um, by, being, by um, people taking advantage, even in, in public um, environments. And, um, and I praise God for people like that that stand up for the truth. And why do we stand up for the truth? Because we serve a Savior that is truth. Truth is wrapped around a person. For Jesus says, I am the way, and I am what? Truth. Truth is embedded in a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And when you stand for truth, know that Jesus is standing right by you. And even if no one goes away, even if, I mean, if everyone goes away, you're like, well, dude, what, do I got the plague now? <laughs> well, you're afraid to associate with me because I'm speaking the truth, and I'm standing for truth, what's taking place in this environment. 
And people do that, and unfortunately, and, um, and it's sad. And may we not be that kind of person. When we know that someone is standing for the truth, may you say, you put your hand around them and say, brother, I'm standing with you. Because what you're standing for is truth and it is just. And in the Bible, we're, we're called to, to, to love justice, to love justice, to walk humbly before the Lord. And, and um, Micah 6, 8 speaks about that. Um, and, 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 and to love justice and, and love mercy because that, that reflects the Lord. And so we're called to, to rejoice in the truth. Um, Third John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. A lot of times... Um, People have that for um, parents, but no, God the Father has that for us, uh, that we would walk in truth as well. And, and so we want our children to, to, to walk in, in the truth and stand up for truth. It's so important. Now, number 12, number 12 and verse 7, love bears all things. Love bears all things. The word bears can also be uh, translated covers. Love covers all things. So this means that the Lord covers us or protects us, and, and the Lord does not want to, to drag other people's fault um, in, in the light. And, and um, according to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, he who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. And so love is the one that bears all things or, or covers all things and gives them over um, to the Lord. Now, number 13 in verse 7 says, love believes all things. Love believes all things. This is a love that believes all things and is not critical. It's not cynical. It's not suspicious of other people. This is a love that errs on the side of grace and gives um, the other person the benefit of the doubt. This is the kind of love that people need. This is the kind of love that, that people will stand by them and say, I believe in you. You look into their eyes and say, I believe in you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And this is the kind of love that, that chooses to, to believe in the best of others um, unless the facts speak otherwise, unless the, the facts speak otherwise. And um, unless someone tries to color their perception about them, then you do your due diligence to see what they're saying, if it's true or not true. And oftentimes that's what happens. People try to color our perception about other people and it's not even true. And saying like, okay, um, and, and ask them, may I quote you? May, may I quote you? Oh, no, 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 no. No, well, you're, you're bringing an accusation. You're, you're bringing an accusation and, and, and um, can, can I quote you on that? And, um, and if they start to dance and like, you know, um, uh, what you're saying is, is not legitimate and, and um, I'm not going to be poisoned um, by it. And so love believes all things unless if it's proven uh, otherwise. Now, number 14, verse 6, love hopes all things. Love hopes all, all things. This, this describes a person who has a hopeful, realistic, uh, realistic confidence in the future. This is one that's not pessimistic. And, and we as Christians, we have a hopeful future. We, we have a future. We have a hope. And, and, and hope is certainly going to take place. And that's a biblical definition of it. It's not like, okay, I, I, I hope the, um, uh, this NFL team wins. Or I hope, you know, LA Rams has, has, has a good season. Or whatever team is yours. And, and, and so that's, we don't know that's going to take place or not. But the biblical definition of hope is that it is certainly going to take place. We have a hopeful future with the, with the Lord. And, and so if everything else crumbles, we have hope that we hold on to. It's an anchor for our soul. And because the Lord is trustworthy. And, and so we, we, we hope. And, and even if someone has blown it, um, we have, we're hopeful. We're prayerful for their recovery.
recovery that that the Lord will work in them. And then number 15, we're almost done. Number 15, verse 7 says, and I like this, love endures all things. Love endures all things. This speaks about one that, that stands against all opposition and holds fast. It does not run from difficult situations, but stands knowing that, that God is standing with them. And, and I encourage you, if you know someone that is going through a difficult situation, a hard situation, if it's a physical one, if it's a mental one, if it's a smash, uh, emotional one, that you endure it with them. That, that you say, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to send you text messages. And, and I'm there to be a support to you, that you endure all things. And, and that's what we as Christians are called to do. That's showing love towards other people. And you do it yourself. You can endure all things. You don't have to give up. You don't have to throw in the towel. You don't, you don't have to end it all. But, but that you rely upon the Lord and you can endure all things because his amazing love over his you will give you the strength that you need. And lastly, lastly in verse 8, Number 16, love never fails. Love never fails. So why did Paul list these 16 descriptions of love? Well, because um, the, the people at Corinth, they were all involved in spiritual gifts. And we covered this uh, uh, last week and the week before. They were all about gifts, but gifts are temporary. Love never fails. Gifts won't last forever. Only love will. Love will last for all eternity so Paul wanted the, the Corinthians to, to know that giftedness is not a measure of maturity. The display of love is. And he wanted them to know that, yeah, you could be gifted in this area, but, but if, you, if it's, your gift is not coated in love, it's not the fragrance of love, it's like noise. It's like noise. And the best thing that we can have in life is love, loving other people. That's what people need. What does love have to do with it? A whole lot. A whole lot. Love is the way of a Christian. Love is the way of the Lord. People know that we are believers, not by our gifts, but by, but by our love. And it's just so important. It's so important to be loving. It's so important for me, and I, and I start with myself, that the way I interact here is the same way that I interact with my family members. The way I interact here the way I interact at home is to be consistent, is to be consistent all the way around. And, and it's important. Consistency is important. Otherwise, um, what you say, they can't really hear because they just hear noise. May they see love. And, and so when we love other people, when we have our gift, watch out. Love and gifts, they go hand in hand and great things can be accomplished for, for the Lord Let's this be used by the Lord. I want to close with this. In each of these descriptions that, that, that we describe, you could put the name of Jesus in there. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus is patient towards you. A lot of times you're not patient with yourself. Jesus is kind. A lot of times you're not kind with yourself. He's kind towards you. Or maybe you work with someone or maybe live with someone, married to somebody, and they're not kind to you. And you go into a room and you let it all out. You cry. You're like, is anyone kind to me? The Lord says, I'm kind to you. The Lord is kind. The Lord is love. The Lord is patient towards you. And rest in who you are in Jesus and receive all that Jesus has for you. These 16 um, descriptive of love, that's who Jesus is. And he wraps you with, with all, 
those 16 characteristics for you. Receive it. And let's abide in the vine as John 15:5 says, so we could bear much fruit, so we could love and we could display this to other people. And by the way, fruit, like a fruit tree, it's always for the other people's picking. So these, all these areas, it's for other people, not necessarily for us. Let's pray.